Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another episode of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know. Sorry, I got a bit singing at the end there. My name is Miranda Selwood and at the table with me today... Zane Z. Weber. Julie Eisentrager. And as we always like to call them, our super special guest. Hello, my name is Kel Anderson. You've described yourself as an actor, podcaster, philosopher and all-round good guy. Yes, um... I don't know if all of those are true, but... <laughs> Some of them once upon a time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah, what's yeah. on your business card, though. Yes, yeah. yeah it's yeah. a very long business card yeah. <laughs> with a no, list of list. falsities. That's okay. Um, and you actually have your own podcast, is that right? You also like to talk theatre. I do, yes, yes. Me and my good friend Jessica Palfrey have a podcast called Exit Pursued by a Bear. We uh, talk about a different play or musical. We do plays as well. Play or musical every week. Oh, oh plays. Sorry. Oh, Plays are real as well. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 but wait. Yeah. And then we come up with the worst way to stage them. Oh, that sounds great. So, for instance, um, I'm trying to think of a specific example, but I can't. Um. I mean, the example we use to sell it to people would be like an all-white colour purple, for instance, would oh, just be horrific. But we've never we've never gone that awful, to be clear. Okay, we have done blackface a couple of times, have if we? I remember correctly. <laughs> I yes, honest, I don't oh. remember that. Well, now, now I'm scared after um, all of that to tell everybody that today we'll be talking about hairspray. And I want to say, Jess and I have never touched hairspray for that very reason. We were like, it, it, the, the only way to you mess waited. up... You waited for our podcast to do it. <laughs> Yeah, well, all right. Yeah. Well, strap in, guys. This one could be controversial. Uh, let's let's hope not too much. But before we get on to talking about hairspray mm-hmm. um, and possibly, yeah, no, let's just leave the it. The intricacies um, of race relations. Yes, that's right. That's a lovely way to put it. Very elegant. Thank you. Tell an arranger of words. <laughs> you can add that to your noted speaker. <laughs> Kel. Um, all right, we're going to get to know you. Mm. I get to see. I didn't, didn't sing the song last episode. You didn't, and I was going to tell you, but then I was like, ah, nah. I feel, I feel like I've let Do the it audience twice. Ready? down. Can, twice. You, can you sing it for me, please? Getting to know you, getting to know all about you, getting to like you, and getting to hope you like me. So you get whole, like, two... Phrases. Yeah. Two phrases. One full copyright infringement. (laughs) (laughs) That was less than 12 seconds, wasn't it? It was less than 12 seconds. Were you timing it? Pause in it. Yeah, it was two sections, two completely. Mm. Yes. Um, Anyway, 
Let's stop talking about my copyright infringements and start talking all about you. It so would the be first my pleasure. Question on our quiz is: Which musical theatre character would you suppose other people compare you to? Put um, yourself in their mm, brain. My answer would be. Um, uh, my first answer is Jesus from Jesus Christ Superstar <laughs> because of my luscious blonde locks and the fact that I am the saviour of mankind. See, I would have gone with Rob from much, The Sound much of Music. funnier in my head when I thought of that on the bus <laughs> in today. Well, I, think, I think when you call yourself Jesus, you need to have a person in mind to play your Judas. That's Who's true. your Judas? My, uh, probably the person I host my podcast with, Jess Palfrey. Jess Palfrey. <laughs> and I know if she's listening to this. Um, no, I, no, a serious answer. I actually... I couldn't in my head think of any, so I um, thought I asked some people, yes. and the, the answers I got were um, Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh yeah, because I'm slightly neurotic. Uh, Leo Bloom from The Producers. Yeah, because so I'm so slightly neurotic. So theme. Um, and someone said Timon from <laughs> The Lion King, and I just don't because you're, you're slightly, slightly neurotic? neurotic. I guess that's probably the reason. Yeah, <laughs> I think we so, found your type. Yeah. In my head, I think people. Uh, the other um, one I had was Officer Krupke from. Just because I really like following the rules, I don't know. That's oh, perhaps a maybe. bit esoteric. Mm. I, I think we go with the others. Mm. I could yeah. see you as um, uh, Pierpont Finch, just because it's in my head right now. A Finch, because we were just talking about Finch, how though. to succeed last week. Mm. You know, I could definitely see you as a frump. <laughs> yeah. All the characters frump, have succeed. Frump uh, is all the I'm Weasley seeing, nemesis. All I'm okay. seeing no, is I'll wear that. I'll wear um, that for sure. Absolutely, Rolf from the South of Music. <laughs> <laughs> because of your luscious blonde look. Because of my, a very Aryan look. My, my Danish heritage. <laughs> funny story. Maybe not so bad. Uh, no, it's funny. When I get my hair cut quite short, um, several people on different occasions, people who don't know each other, have said, oh, that haircut's nice. Makes you look a bit like you're from the Hitler Youth, though. Wow. Aww. So also the tenor from Cabaret then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Really wasn't kidding the about producers. the race relations stuff, guys. I'm going to tank this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we've well, let's move on. <laughs> Which musical character would you like people to compare you? Know, I'm, like, to? I'm perhaps you know not a neurotic Nazi. Yeah, perhaps. Um, <laughs> look, I I really don't mind Seymour. Leo Bloom or Timon. I'm happy with those three. Timon's quite a good friend, I think, and I'd like to think Aww. that I'm a good friend, I hopefully. I think a good friend. I think, <laughs> I think Timon, Timon is eventually. That's, and I feel like I am eventually. eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Okay. Um, and then the only one, uh, other one I had was Dolores Van Cartier from the Sister Act. Right. Because okay. yeah. she's just a powerful... Powerhouse. And she's so uh, driven. I don't know. Yeah. I also just really like Sister Act. So she's driven and, and dynamic. Character. And dynamic. And she has such great hair. Yep. She does. Yeah. She's very good at dancing. Yeah. 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 Those are things that I would like to be known I for. I love him. I love him. I love him. Uh, what is your dream role? My dream role. Th- look, does it have to be in a musical? No. Okay, no. Thank goodness, because no. I cannot sing. <laughs> um there's plenty of roles in musicals that it's don't true. involve singing. It's true. It's true. For me, the, the, the answer I usually give is. Um, Oh, no, I've forgotten the name of the character. I'd say we'll, we'll cut is out it, the pause. No one will know. Is it Hamlet? No. no Welcome, to my, Romeo. Welcome to my podcast life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just don't know the name. Who's before. afraid of Virginia Woolf? Who is? You tell oh, me. I listened to this episode. The older gentleman whose name escapes me at this time. The John, sassy one. The sassy older guy. Yep. I would love to play him. Peter. Michael. He's got Mark. A, John. Oh, I did John. Jack. I, don't know I can't remember, but the the, uh, the the 
This is this is how badly I want to play this character, you guys. It's my dream role. My dream role to play a character whose name I can't even remember. But the the, the older gentleman from uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. Okay, we'll yeah. take it. Uh, what is your favourite Sondheim show? It's got to be Company. Does it? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think it does. For, uh, look, let me let me uh, for, for a number of reasons. One, I love for some reason. The, the when that show came out, there's just like something about listening to that show makes me think about the seven Broadway on the seventies and how like I don't know magical and weird. I don't know. It just it just it gives me really great vibes. And the original Broadway soundtrack is some of the some of the orchestration is so dated. It's delightful, um, but also well, important. Delightful it, is important. Exactly. And also, it's got my favorite musical song in it, which is "Ladies Who Lunch." Oh. Which I absolutely adore. And there's a video of Elaine Stritch performing it, just her to a camera on YouTube, which, <laughs> like, oh. It's, it's deadly, isn't it's, it? Oh, I have oh, seen that. And it's, it's almost like you can't watch the whole thing at once. No, and I can't look her in the <laughs> eyes because I feel like I'll turn to stone or something. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, Should, so company. I really yeah. like company. Okay, so good. I do believe the character that you really want to play more than anyone else <laughs> is called George. George, of course it's George. Oh. I was so close with the J's. Yes, yeah. yeah. George, yes, George. George and Martha. Yes. Because, oh. yeah, yes, George and Martha, of course. <laughs> is George afraid of Virginia Woolf? Like, I'm, it's a philosophical question. I think it's, yeah, it's like a symbolic thread throughout the play, mm. perhaps. Okay. Uh, what is your go-to shower song? Does it have to be a musical song? No. Um, mm. I love him. I love him. Uh, will I we love be, him we're, and when he goes, I follow. I'm speak, ladies. On that, on that on that note, joyful, joyful actually yeah. is in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially around Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, about to do the rounds. Everyone, prepare. Um, a song from the musical we're talking about today is actually one of my um, shower favorites. Which one? Which is. Um, Without love, it's a song that I sing in the shower. Suddenly awkward. (laughs) For reasons we. This is like Julie's. Julie's shower song is "Bring On the Men." (laughs) Yeah, just because I think it's such a good. I don't know. It's a great meaty. Is it? I don't know if it's meaty necessarily, but it's it's a it's a song. It's a good belty love. It's a song. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Anyway, uh, you have to delete one musical. From history, from the world, never existed. And it can't be cats. Oh, thank goodness, because I love cats. (gasps) There there are three or four people listening to this podcast right now who would thank you for that opinion. I I don't understand people's hate of cats. So many people have deleted cats. I know, and I'm here to defend cats. Cats is... Cats is... I mean, look, it's it's two hours of incomprehensible nonsense, (laughs) but you get to see attractive men jumping around in leotards, so it's a yes from me. And women. And women as Attractive women as well. Slightly less interested in the women, certainly, but yes. (laughs) Attractive humans in in leotards. Rum Tum Tugger is really, yeah. Absolutely. Magical Mr. Mistopheles. Yeah. Please and thank you. Pretty magical. But I would delete another Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. I would delete, and I'm sure you've had this one before as well, uh, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, Julie I deleted, deleted it. That because that's hot, wet garbage. It's gross. <laughs> it's like weird and 
I don't, uncomfortable and rapey. Yeah. And do you, do the circumstances also... of it being written were rapey. And also I think it's like weirdly influenced musical theatre for so long in ways that I do not like. Do you... Also, what an absurd amount of money to spend on such trash. I'm sorry, I have a lot of thoughts about <laughs> really Phantom. Really do. There's, there's do you feelings. ever just let you go. stop to wonder how long Christine and the Phantom were having weird singing lessons without her really ever thinking, is, this, is this odd person? that I'm singing in the mirror and there's a guy coming out to get me? Do you ever think about that? How long she was alone with him for? <laughs> yeah, look, I... No, uh, but that's only because I do my best not to think about I, I think, I think it's <laughs> justified in the musical be by her father inadvertently grooming her for that exact situation. Yeah, when uh, your dad grooms you for phantoms. Oh, It's just unfortunate. Okay, let's all move on. <laughs> um, it was very cathartic for me, thank you. I really wish we had another question after this to just, so like the sorbet, view. the sorbet after mm. to cleanse the palate, but well, we don't, so. No, then the next question is hairspray. What about it? What about it? All right. Let's ask that after this brief musical interlude. So let's talk Hairspray. Yes, let's. Uh, Hairspray is a very fun musical and I love it. It's based on the... (laughs) I watched Hairspray on the weekend and it was good. I liked the dancing. Um, (laughs) It's like a Julie review. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm getting the death stare. I take it back. I bought you three meals, Miranda. Rewind, rewind. And a birthday present. Take it back, take it back. You're dead to me. I'm sorry. Please tell us about Hairspray, Uh, starting again. It's based on the 1988 John Waters film, Hairspray. Um, Starring... Aptly named. Starring... Ricky Lake. Starring Ricky Lake. As Tracy Turnblad. Very nice. And also starring Divine, one of John Waters' frequent collaborators. Um, An interesting fact, Divine was originally going to play Edna and Tracy, but then one of the studio bigwigs was like, maybe don't, don't do that, that's a bad idea. And then they didn't do it. I will say, like, that's not that's not the weirdest idea John Waters has ever had in his movies. And certainly not the weirdest idea he's ever concocted for Divine. No. So in Who the movie, seems very willing to do anything he wants. Yes, look, speaking of which, uh, the movie Pink Flamingos, I've not seen it, but I have seen the scene in which Divine eats some dog feces off the street. Oh, that's so relatively normal. Enjoy your... Uh, your burrito, please. Uh, the, enjoy your meal. The, uh, uh, the premise of Pink Flamingos is a competition between two sets of people to be the world's most disgusting person. That's not something that ever needs to be committed to film? True. And that movie proves it. So, but have, then he went on to make Hairspray. Mm, so Hairspray uh, is, was sort of his attempt, I think, to make something a bit more... Consumer friendly, a bit more PG. Oh, good. Something that something that the whole family could enjoy, not just the weirdos, yeah, the, weirdos the creepy uncles. So um, that's hairspray. I've not seen it. Has anyone seen it? Is it good? I have. It's not great. It's not a true musical. It does have a lot of music in it mm. and like weirdly extended dance scenes where not a lot is happening and including a lot of dancing. Mm. Mm. Uh, and again, it's shot in a very John Waters style, so it's really kind of. Sweaty, I think you call Ooh. it. It's it's odd. It's it odd. Is. Mm. Yeah, I mean he makes um, weird movies, so I guess 
just as a fun fact, I don't know, do you have that fun fact? I don't have that fun fact. Okay, so in the movie, the more recent movie, John Waters actually plays the flasher right in the beginning. Of course he does, yes. And Ricky Lake plays a a talent agent further in. Yeah, I'm so, so they both you. have little cameo. They both mm. have a little cameo in the in the newer movie. Which I, when I saw him as the Flash, I was like, "Who is that?" My, classic Julie. Who is that? I know <laughs> that face. Google, Google. Go- oh, it's Jonas. Mind blown. But it is like the musical is significantly different. Yeah. Oh yeah, the absolutely. Original movie. Absolutely. It's like one of so those things where a- the movie is the musical is nothing like the mo- the movie kind of thing. It's taken it's similar, elements it's of the so story. Mm. Most of the characters are pretty similar, but like their relationships heightened a little bit. Yeah, and it's definitely a lot funnier. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's at 1988. It was 2000, 2002. It came out. So we've got music by musical. Mark as a musical. Yes, music by Mark Scheiman, I believe is how you pronounce his name. So, um, some interesting things about Mark Scheiman that I found. Uh, he produced Mariah Carey's second Christmas album, Merry Christmas to You. Ooh. So that's who we get to thank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also produced seven Bette Midler albums. Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, Sister Act. Well done. Uh, Smash, which he did with... Um, so Shyman and Whitman did Hairspray, and they also did Catch Me If You Can, the recent Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and Bombshells, which is the musical that Smash is about, I think. I haven't yes. watched Smash, but I'm yeah. talking about yeah. yeah, cool. Um... Yeah, so that's some interesting stuff about Mark Scheinman. Uh He's a busy little boy. He's a busy boy. He's yeah. a very busy boy. There's a movie. Uh, there is a movie, which is a movie based on a musical based on a movie. <laughs> um, it's quite, I quite like the movie. I must make a confession. I've not actually seen the stage version. <laughs> I've listened to it many times, but I've only ever actually seen the movie, movie. version. That's not unusual. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and told the movie... I mean, the movie... To be clear, is very sanitized as compared to the musical. As I, yes, well, it's much cleaner, yes, and they, it they is. cut out, and it's and it, there are songs added in and songs taken out. But I, 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 mean, I really like the they movie. streamlined the story mm-hmm. for the movie. Absolutely, really kind of A to B, whereas there's a few digressions in the show. Yeah, in the in the movie where it's definitely entendre, like a little <coughs> wink, wink. Um, in the in the actual stage version, it's a lot like. It's right in your, in your face, face yeah. dirt. Yeah, absolutely. Smut. Um, and then some awards. It was nominated for 13 Tonys. That seems like a lot. Yeah, it is an awful lot, isn't it? What did we decide was the maximum number a musical could be nominated for? I think it was 16. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, How many did Hamilton get nominated for? I don't know. A million. I think it was 16. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. Um, so it was nominated for musical, original score, direction, book, Lead actor, lead actress, featured actor twice, choreo, orchestration, scenic design, costume, and lighting. And it won musical, original score, direction, book, lead actor, lead actress, featured actor once, and costumes. So So which featured actor? It was Dick Dick Latessa, Latessa, who plays (laughs) Wilbur. Wilbur! Yeah. And then the lead actor was... um, Oh, I've got his name written down, but I can't read my notes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Harvey Feierstein, who played Edna. Yeah. He got Feierstein. a lead actor award. Mm-mm, for Edna. Edna's definitely a lead. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And then Marissa. But would you not win the lead actress award no, he's for that actor. role? because he's an actor. 
mm. betraying a woman. And he's mm. and the lead actress in Hairspray is Tracy. Yeah, who got the Yeah, I feel like there's some loophole situation going on here, but <laughs> Well, it's let's whether let you're it talking about the role or the actor. Mm. Well, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. We'll explain it to you later, Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Okay. Any other um, amazing fun facts? Oh, look, it won a whole tidbits. bunch of Drama Desk Awards, but I just couldn't be bothered writing them all down, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, that was all. In my research, this is something I didn't know about the Tonys. They give out a yearly regional theatre Tony. Oh. So, like, it's not a competitive thing. They just give out a, to some organisation mm. that help, has helped regional theatre. And in the year that... Um, uh, Hairspray was up for the Tonys. It was the Minneapolis Children's Theatre. There you go. A a, related side fact. (laughs) Congratulations to the Minneapolis little tiny person theatre. Is that Mm. what it is? Children's Theatre. Children, that's right. No, that's what I said. (laughs) Little tiny person. Uh, Little tiny person theatre. Thank you very much. Okay, well, let's find out a little bit more about what happens in Hairspray and who the people in Hairspray are and... What's better than hairspray? Okay, so let's talk about the plot. What happens in hairspray, Julie? Okay, so our lead character, Tracy Turnblad, goes to school in uh, Baltimore, all set in Baltimore. She initially gets to class, gets a warning for inappropriate hair height. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. It's like the, the new, you know how they all get sent home <laughs> wearing shorts that are completely fine? It's like that. Right. Um, so just to be clear, we're talking about the 60s. The 60s. Yeah. When tall hair was a thing. to the 60s. After school, she rushes home with her best friend Penny to catch uh, the Corny Collins show. Edna, which is Tracy's mother is um, super overweight, super shy, and I would go as far as to say a recluse because she hasn't left the house mm-hmm. in X amount She's of years. She's a housewife. She and says, she really I have not left the house yeah. since an insert year. Something. I think she's a year in the 50s. <laughs> she's really Many latched onto that years. idea. Right. Mm. Okay, so she complains that there's noise coming from the television while Penny's mother, which is Tracy's friend... Um, is really prudish and complains about it being race music. So that's what we have running throughout the whole of Hairspray. Is, oh, it's a racial Is thing, this racial it? thing going on? Well, it's set during the civil rights movement. Yeah. 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 So after one of the Corny Collins um, nice, nicest kids in town kids gets pregnant, there is an announcement that auditions are going to be held for a new council member. So the Corny Collins show... Is like a dance show. It's like Countdown, isn't it? Yeah, same, same where they have slightly music and then well, like a cast Johnny of Young That's the one I was thinking yeah. of. Johnny Young Talent Time. Wasn't born for either, so who knows? And so one of those girls got indisposed for nine months. Yep. And so they have to audition yep. for a new So Tracy member. begs permission from her mum to do it, but Edna, fearing that Tracy will be laughed at due to her weight, refuses. Oh, P.S. Tracy, bit fat. Penny and Amber, the main dancers on the Corny Collins show, have a similar arguments with their mothers, minus the whole weight issue. Um, so then she goes and asks Dad, because what do you do if Mum says no? Go to Dad. Ask Dad, which is her father, Wilbur, 
Tracy then auditions for the show and bumps into the teenage heartthrob Link Larkin, which leads into a dream sequence. Velma Von Tussle, the racist producer of the Corny Collins show, rejects Tracy from the audition because of her size, and um, as well as Tracy also refusing a black girl yeah. named Little Inez. So. Even though she's big, they were considering her because she's a good dancer. Yes, but right up until, ask, yeah, they say, will you yeah. um, swim in an integrated pool? And she says, yes, I'm all for integration. And then she's like, nah, you blew it. So back at school, Tracy sent to detention for her monumental hair don't. There she meets a black dancer, Seaweed J. Stubbs, the son of the hostess of Negro Day, which is on the Corny Collins show once a month. The unsung um, hero oh, of the show. Oh, I love Absolutely. her. I could. Absolutely. I. I really want to play her. She's one of my dream roles. But I'm. Um, Me too, Julie. Me not too. Not black, and you're not black, and not a woman. Look, <laughs> I will shave for it. <laughs> shave for it. So, um, so yes, he's the son of uh, the Negro Day host, Motormouth Mabel. Um, Seaweed teaches her several dance moves and then she goes on to use those dance steps at the sophomore hop the following day. So it's important to mention that these kids all go to school together as well as dancing on this show. A select few of them dance on this show. It's kind of the cool kids. Yeah. The cool kids dance on the show. The heartthrobs, the pretty girls. The nicest kids in town, you might say. Mm -hmm. One of those girls was a little too nice. Absolutely. (laughs) So she takes these new steps and um, when Corny sees how well Tracy can dance, he gives her a place on the show. So basically she gets a place on the show by using um, Negro Day moves, kind of. Well, yeah, so there was a – it's a very split style of dancing. Definitely. And she started using some of the the black kids' dance moves and – Corny loved it. Corny's not racist. Corny's all for it. So during the broadcast, Link, following Corny's suggestion, sings It Takes Two to Tracy, to Tracy, much to Amber's dismay. After the show, Mr. Spritzer, the show's worrisome sponsor, appeals to Velma over Tracy's appointment to the council. Velma, threatening to fire Corny from the show, is eventually left distraught and determines to ruin Tracy. Dun, dun, dun. At the Turnblad house, Edna is receiving calls from fans who saw Tracy on the show. A call comes in from Mr. Pinky, the owner of a plus-size dress shop, for an endorsement. Tracy says, can I, can I, can I? Mum says, yes, yes, yes. They go with um, Edna making her first step out of the house in God knows how many years. And, and then she, Edna has this nice little transformation there as well where she becomes really confident in her size and who she is and um, then feels confident enough to take on the role of Tracy's manager. Yeah. So she gets some high heels, she gets some new hair done. Sparkly dreams. It's Yum. nice. Um, at school, signs of Tracy's fame are evident in the schoolyard with graffiti on the walls and Shelley, another council, council member, sporting Tracy's signature hairdo. I know. She's taking over. During a game of dodgeball, a jealous Amber knocks Tracy out and Link rushes to Tracy's side. Penny and Seaweed, who have developed a liking for each other, rush to fetch the school <laughs> a liking. nurse. A liking. Only to find, uh, find the nurse out sick. Seaweed, suggesting that some fun would make Tracy feel better, invites all of them over to his mother's record shop for a platter party. Oh, that sounds delicious. Is that what I think it is? Is that just eating? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. Just like a well, hundred platters. It's eating and music and Guys, dancing. Platter parties. Bring them back. Yeah. <laughs> this is just Julie wants to eat some food. <laughs> and I currently am. <laughs> Things we learned about. Platter parties. <laughs> so at the shop, Tracy rallies everyone to march against the station on the following day's Mother and Daughter Day as blacks are not allowed on the show except for that monthly Negro Day. So she's all for integration. She's saying, everyone, let's do it. Let's go. Let's protest the station for not putting you on more often. Um, before they start, Motormouth Mabel convinces the initially reluctant Edna and Wilbur to march as well. Oh, that's so nice. God, they're nice parents. I really like mm. these parents. They are good parents. They're so <laughs> lovely. Um, Link decided to participate for the sake of... Uh, just, uh, sorry, Link declined to participate for the sake of his contract with the show. Um, during the protest led by Motormouth, Velma calls the police and a fight breaks out. When the police arrive on the scene, almost everyone is arrested. Act two. So they're all in jail. That's all, yeah. And what act one. Yeah. Lots of jail. It could have been a really boring second act. <laughs> <laughs> and they all live out their sentence. It turns into Mandela Mancha. It <laughs> in turns into act. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's turn it into a way better musical. <laughs> then La Mancha. Not then Hasbro. Act two, after the march, most of the women are locked up in women's penitentiary. Because of Velma's dirty tactics, the governor pardons and releases both her and Amber. Ooh. Wilbur bails out the... Oh, God, they're nice parents. Bless them. Wilbur bails everyone else out. I don't think they have a lot of money either. No, he... He, he puts he it, he gets sells a small, the yeah, yeah. He gets a mortgage on his shop. He owns a, a joke shop. <laughs> Just like a it's the novelty. Hardy Ha Hut. Yeah. I think. It's you called. can't imagine you'd make much money with a joke shop. Aww. I mean, just the name alone drives people away. <laughs> Um, so Wilbur bails out the remaining people, excluding Tracy, who's forced to remain in jail through another one of Velma's manipulations. Tracy is alone and wishes that Link... He bails out everyone except he can't. his own daughter. He can't because Velma's done something sneaky yeah, sneaky. Yeah. He gives it a go. Funny. Oh, there you go. Back at the hardy har. Hardy har hut. Hardy her hut. Hardy her hut. Wilbur and Edna are left destitute because of the money it cost them to bail everyone out. Edna empathises with her daughter's dream. She dreamt of making her own line of queen-size dress patterns. Edna and Wilbur reminisce about their past and how they can never be parted from one another. I'm not crying, you're crying. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my favourite songs. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's a really endearing part of the show. And um, after end of Act 1 and then a fairly dismal, (laughs) upsetting beginning to Act 2, it comes at just the right moment. Mm, All of the audience need that. It's so sweet. Yeah. Um, During that night, Link sneaks into the jail where he finds Tracy in solitary confinement. (laughs) You know when you put a teenager in solitary confinement after one night of being in jail? Yeah. Um, as Link and Tracy reunite, Penny's mother, Prudy, pushes Penny for going, punishes Penny for going to jail without her permission <laughs> and ties her up in her bedroom where seaweed comes to rescue her. Both couples declare their love for one another. After escaping from their respective prisons, the couples seek refuge at Motormouth Mabel's record shop. Tracy thinks that it's unfair that all of their hard... Tracy thinks that it is unfair after all of their hard work. The Corny Collins show is still segregated. Boo. They devise a plan to help integrate the show and Motormouth remembers their long fight for equality. Also, oh no, 
Is that where that song is? There's a song in there somewhere that is like my fave. Is it that, the rally? Is it the rally? Yeah. Or there. So the that that uh, that song is actually not in in the, the musical. Show. Yeah, yeah, it's in it's, the film. It's in the film. It's yeah. so good. Mm. It is. It's the best reason to give Queen Latifah a song. Yeah. In the musical, the song that they sing in the march is Big Blonde and Beautiful. Oh, perfect. Because that's, that's the song good. that they sing to convince yeah. Edna and Wilbur mm-hmm. and then yeah. they're all marching yeah. singing yeah. it. I do definitely like the, the film version better. But anyway. <sighs> On the day of the Miss Teenage Hairspray competition, Corny Collins starts the show with a song. Amber shows off her talents in a bid to get more votes from the viewers. Just as the results are about to be announced, Tracy stuns Amber as she makes her entrance in a magenta dress without any petticoat underneath. <sighs> Taking over the no. stage, taking she takes over the stage and is joined by Link, Penny, Seaweed, Edna, Wilbur, Little Inez, and Motormouth. Tracy is declared the winner of the competition. Amber and Velma protest the results, claiming that it's all wrong. And Little Inez tries to take the crown by force when Amber refuses to hand it over. But Tracy stops her, claiming that her heart is set on something more important, which is Link and her future. Oh. She then, <laughs> Stop it. she then proclaims the Corny Collins show is now and forevermore racially integrated. To much, apl- uh, to much applause. When blah, 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 what am I reading? When all is announced, Mr. Spritzer runs on stage, thrilled with the public's response to the telecast, and announces that the governor has pardoned Tracy and given her a full college scholarship. And he offers Link a recording contract and <laughs> Velma the position of vice president of the Ultra Glow, Ultra Glow Beauty Products for Women of Color, <laughs> much to the latter's chagrin. Prudy arrives at the station and seeing how happy Penny is with seaweed accepts her daughter for who she is. As if that would have happened. Yeah, that, that's not a, even. That is possibly the most unrealistic that's of all of those other things. She's yeah. talking about a woman who is so uptight. Yeah. She tied her daughter to her bed. For going mm. and she's she's got a screw loose. She tied her to her bed, not for leaving the house, but for going to jail without permission. If she went to jail with permission, it would have, it would have been, been okay. Yeah. So she's a nutcase. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> At the height of the moment, the company invites Amber and Velma to join the celebration. With the station in a joyous celebration, Tracy and Link cement their love with a kiss. True love's kiss? Finn. <laughs> oh. Wait, who's Finn? <laughs> It's a new character they're bringing right, right at, the at the end. end. He yeah. just comes out on stage with a sign that says the end. He, he's <laughs> the one with the wand giving everyone what they want. Yeah. <laughs> he's the one that made um, it does Prudy feel like not that. crazy. The end of the show really does feel like that. It's like everybody dance and you get to love each other, you get to love each other, you get to love each other, everybody gets to do whatever they want and everyone's happy. Everybody's traditional musical theatre fashion. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the slightly more modern version of and everyone gets married. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but let's not forget the true love story in this musical is definitely Edna and Wilbur. Yeah. Definitely, They're the yeah. ones that are already married. Mm. They've been married They've for been married 20 for years. A long time. That's And they still love opinion. each other and they sing a song about it and that's amazing. <laughs> it's, so it's very beautiful. It's very beautiful. All right. Well, I think you've covered everything. 
I think it. I have. Well, do we want to just touch on the changes between the musical mm. and the movie? Yeah. yeah good idea. Uh, look, if you want to. Super if briefly. you want to touch what on What did them? they change? Well, they basically streamlined it a bit. So Big Blonde and Beautiful is Motormouth Mabel convincing Edna to feel better about herself and, like, don't worry, eat what you want, you'll be fine, you're a beautiful woman. Then when they march, they sing... Uh, I Know Where I've Been, which is Motormouth Mabel, it's Queen so Latifah, nice. best song in the world. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not... Yeah. Uh, mm. They really make it more about the... Uh, prison did, doesn't really work into it much at all. I don't think it's, they go to prison at all, do they? Uh, they I do, they, but it is, do, it's but just kind no of... And then they get the straight film. out. They, yeah. they yeah. 100% do. Yeah, they, they go to prison. But there's not, and, like... Three scenes yeah. worth of the show. No, they basically no. go to prison, sing without love, then they break out and head straight to the studio. Yes, that's and, right. And heist it up, sneak Tracy in. They, and they sneak her in in a hairspray can. In hairspray yeah. can. Where it comes in this down they from the roof. Oh, yeah. chills thinking about <laughs> it. And the, the, what I love about it, which is so silly but funny, is that the security guards break down the door with the hairspray can that Tracy's in. Yeah. And they yeah. go, it was so heavy. And Velma goes, it's can't be, it's hollow. Oh, it's not getting Tracy. <laughs> so they uh, solidify the detention scene with the run and tell that scene. So mm. basically she meets Seaweed for the first time. They dance together. They're like, yeah, you're cool. Why don't you come to our party that we're having afterwards? They sing Run Until That. Then, then they go meet the Motormouth Mabel. And, that's, and then they convince them to march. The march gets broken up. So she doesn't get knocked out by Amber? In the playground? Yeah. No, there's no dodgeball. No. Nope. Cool. That dodgeball moment is referenced in the movie... Uh, during I Can Hear the Bells. Yes. She's standing there, she gets hit in the head with a dodgeball and falls over and continues singing. All right. Do we think cool. it's an improvement? Do we like the changes made for the movie? I think it makes mm. it a lot easier to di- digest. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that the movie does a good job of telling the story. Mm. I don't, the only stage production that I have seen of it took a lot of cues from the film. Yeah, I think that's... So I... Like the song that's not in the show that was in the film was in this stage production, so. Well, again, in the new. Uh, is it now part of the licensed? Well, and the recording it wasn't in like the show, but it was included in the cast recording at the back of the album. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether sometimes they put it in. We've been trying. Curious. I do miss I do miss a bit of the John Waters weirdness that is in the musical. The, the musical they sort of the they tone down some of that strange weird stuff and make it a bit more palatable. I think a lot of that had to do with the casting as well. Taking mm. Feierstein out and putting Travolta in, you lose a lot of character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. Um, well, let's. Let's move on and talk about the songs and then we can talk about whether we like Feinstein or Travolta more. Songs. You ready? Yes. There's a lot of great music in this show that um, really reflects the 60s feel but it's got a really modern orchestration to it. So let's talk about the songs. And all of the amazing music. Let's talk about the songs and all the amazing music. Let's do it. 
No overture. Sorry, Miranda. That's okay. It was a really interesting opening to the show. Good morning, Baltimore. Mm. Uh, Good morning, Baltimore. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that in auditions. I can't tell you how many times I've had to teach it for someone to sing it at an audition. Really? Yeah. I would not have picked that as a big yeah. audition song. Well, you know, if you if you need a character song with a big belt. I would I would think I would hear, it, I can hear the bells would be a bigger audition song. I think it should be, mm. but it's not. I think it's got a lot more um uh I don't know, choral sound behind it yeah. to make too many other voices yeah. for it to make sense as a song. And Good Morning Baltimore is just a bit more fun and... Yeah. You know, it's a it bit does more... have a lot of jokes in it. Yeah, as so well. Yeah. You can yeah. play it up. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're introduced to Tracy and all the crazy people in Baltimore that she's around. <laughs> uh, nicest Kids in Town, which is Corny. It's on TV. Love it. So yeah. Corny's the, uh, the front man. So I... Would like to play corny. I'll just put that out there. <laughs> I never will, but I would the like to play corny. Nice kids in town. Roll call. Can we know them all? Yeah. Can anyone do it? No. Yeah. I can't. I was. I had plans to try and remember Amber. it first, and then that, I didn't. That's all I it does start with Amber. <laughs> have finishes you got... with Link. And I'm Link. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I should have let you do that. No, you did please. the drum roll really well, Thank though. You. Thank We're you. We're a so good much. team. <laughs> Uh, Mama, I'm a big girl now, which is the Mama, girls complaining <laughs> about their mums being too controlling. Yes. So teenagers, wham. I think it's a really nice way to put those three girls all on the same level too. Yeah. To see them all on the same plane, basically saying we've got exactly the same issue. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that is one thing that the movie took, well, yeah. lost from the movie, is Penny. Penny had oh, a much she was, smaller role in yeah. it. Yeah, she was yeah. definitely there though. Yeah, yeah. And, and she still had And she carried that same uh, comic relief. Yeah, thing, absolutely. But lost maybe some of her service to the plot. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mama and Big Girl now isn't in the movie, as no, I recall. It no, it is not. not. And yeah. it's a big loss because I love that number. But and on the soundtrack, it is included with Ricky Lake. They've oh. recorded all the girls with Ricky Lake doing My Mama Big Girl Now. And they Cooties, which also is not in the movie, yeah. is again recorded and at Cooties the end is of the soundtrack. Really good. Yeah, it is. So uh, they wanted to put it in, but they couldn't. So after My Mama Big Girl Now, it's got I Can Hear the Bells, which is Tracy fantasizing about what life will be <laughs> like and the wooing of Link. Uh, there's not much else that happens no. there. Then we have. <laughs> The Legend of Miss Baltimore Crabs. <laughs> I don't like this song. No, I, <laughs> I do. I don't really like it. It's just really too long. But I feel like you're not supposed to like it. You're no. supposed to dislike it's this the character. It's the villain song. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of villain songs, the lyrics, and especially the stage show lyrics, mm. fun filth. Just fun filth. <laughs> she talks about... Sleeping, sleeping away to judges. the top, getting yeah. venereal diseases. It's just, it's fun. <laughs> it's a fun romp. But again, I think they really cut it down for the movie. Yeah, I think oh, so. Did, oh, and, and sanitized it. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. A lot of sleeping with the judges yeah, in there. It's in there. It's just like all at the same Double level, entendre. I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have the Madison, which is the council members. It's just a dance number. Mm-hmm. The nicest kids in town reprise, and then we have it takes two, 
with Link Tracy and the Council Guys. This is uh, The Seduction. Mm. I wish Link Larkin would sing to me. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> uh, Velma's Revenge. Uh, another just fill in, you know, let's restate it. Then we get Welcome to the 60s. One, yes. this is yeah, the first <laughs> anthem of the show. Welcome to yes. the 60s. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Um, no, in it, this is a montage number in the Correct. movie. Mm. And it is in the stage show as well. Yeah. It's got scenes, sections sort of thrown in between it. And yeah. it it's goes feels like it goes on for days. But mm. you really don't mind. Because it's so much fun. Yeah. And such a, like, uh, uplifting message. Makes you feel great. Yeah. Ooh. And a really Chills 60s again. sound mm, with a tight female harmony <laughs> and, uh, and that driving beat. Uh, show just give me chills all the time, <laughs> all the way through. It's why I love it so much. Such chilly chills. So we're on a bit of a, a run here. We've, got, we've had Welcome to the 60s and we go straight into Run and Tell That, Ooh. which is personally my favourite song of the show. Run and tell that. Um, I think, that's, I think it's, it's overshadowed by... Other songs in the show, but mm. I think it's so much fun, and especially Little Inez. As I want more for Little Inez in the show, mm. but you know she gets to sing in this. Then we have Big Blonde and Beautiful, a Stone Cold classic, Motorbouth Mabel, et al. <laughs> and all, and all. Uh, and the rest. So, Motormouth Mabel, Little Inez, Tracy Edna, Wilbur and company. Yeah. So. Oh, so in the musical version, this is not Motormouth and Velma. It's everybody. It's, it's everybody. Everyone. Yes, yeah. So This is the rally song. This is, yeah. Right, yeah, right, yeah, cool. So it starts out at the party and then Motormouth Mabel talks to Edna and Wilbur, convinces them to march with them. Then they go into the actual march, everyone singing... Big, blonde, and beautiful. Right, cool. And that's uh, then we have the fight. Everyone's arrested. End of Act One. Open up with the big dollhouse, which is pretty much everyone with a new character called Matron, uh, who who just appears in this scene. Yep, belts her tits off. Yep, and disappears <laughs> and again. And you never see her again. I'll take it. Off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. Uh, Then Good Morning Baltimore reprise, which is just Tracy while she's left in prison. And then we have (laughs) Your Timeless to Me. Oh, Your Timeless to Me. Which is... I was doing Sad Baltimore. Possibly one of the uh, most sickly sweet musical theatre songs ever. It's so beautiful. But they absolutely get away with it because it's two elderly people, usually played by men, singing... At each other, I I don't know why it's so. I think it's because heartwarming. They're literally like they're saying that they love the flaws. Yeah, in that's the person, it, that's it. They're not like saying like you give me this, you give me that. Like yes, you're fat, but you're not boring. <laughs> like <laughs> you're balding, but you're really fun to be around. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. So <laughs> I think that's gonna make an appearance on my top five lists. Without love, directly after that. Without love. Such, oh, <laughs> I love that song. I mean, as I said earlier, I belt it in the shower pretty frequently. But it's also, 
I mean, what a what a love ballad. <laughs> yeah. I tell what? you. Yeah. What I a love ballad. tell you. Yeah. It's just yeah, and some vocal runs in there. And, it's a little uh, bit Mariah. And but but, but again, <laughs> there's like it's not it's sickly sweet, but it's also like there's all these like jokes in it that yeah. are quite funny. Yeah, can't try and think of one, but I can't. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> uh, we'll I research think, it and put it in the yeah. notes. <laughs> just you, you go and listener, you go and find them. They're out there I to think, be found. I think <laughs> one of the things that about the music in this show is that all of it is so positive mm. it's difficult to hate it. Absolutely. So even if that, like, that's a super kitschy song but you can't help but smile when you listen yeah. to it. You can't help but bop along when all of the yeah. dance numbers and there's no depressing everything's gone wrong song. Well, yeah. I mean, even the villain song, which is the legend of Miss Baltimore Crabs, every single song is about triumphant being thing proud. With yeah, like, really absolutely. funny lyrics. She's mm. proud of what she is. I can hear bells. Uh, welcome to the 60s, oh. about how modern they are. Run and tell that about how it's great to be black, regardless of what it's like to be white. Big, blonde and beautiful, exactly the same yeah. reasons. It's just, it's just positive message, positive mm, message, yeah. positive message. And they just get bigger and... And and I think that's a really great way to treat a subject like the civil rights movement. Yeah. Because as yeah. soon as you get a little bit dark, you just fall right into all of that darkness that it... Yeah, that swirls yeah. around it, yeah. and it could have, it would have been really easy for the second act of this to just sink in that hole. Yeah, mm. but um, it, I think it says a lot about the show, and I, it, it's that thing of, you know, treating a social issue by layering on the do rights about it. Yes, yeah. you know, yeah. it's. It's very easy in our society today to say this, this is a social problem because all these people are doing this thing wrong. Yeah. Mm. And that's, that's awful and that's bad and I absolutely agree with that. But you need to teach with positive education to change something rather than, than stay in that negativity. And this show is just flying the flag for that. Yeah. And before even the discussion about privilege or whatever had come up, this show is not about Tracy and Edna saving the black people and solving their yes, problems. Absolutely. It is about them supporting it's the black people, solving their own problems and using their own privilege to speak on their behalf. Absolutely, mm. yeah. So yeah. It, it was ahead of the curve in treating the, the subject matter properly. Yes. Uh, anyway, back to the song. Sorry, <laughs> it just got a little sidetrack there. Then we have It's Hairspray. Which hairspray. is Corny's second song. And I believe this is where we find out what is better than Hairspray. Miranda? Me? Well, it's not, it's not you. It's Corny. No, corny. that's what he said in the song. Hairspray. It's Miranda. It's Corny Collins. Yeah, sorry. Corny Collins. Fine. <laughs> Uh, and then we have the song Cooties, which is Amber and the council members dedicated specifically to Tracy, uh, just to kind of rub it in a little bit. But then we have Tracy showing up, stealing the show with You Can't Stop the Beat, oh. adding Lincoln, 
adding Penny and Seaweed in, adding Edna and Wilbur in, then Motor Mouth and Velma in. come in at the end. And it's, it's yeah, just you know what? what a way to end a show. It's yeah, a really good way to get me. fit, that song. Yeah. Because if you have to sing it and oh, they're bopping the, yeah. the, the whole go-go time. dancing. Yeah, and it goes for like 15 minutes. I've done it. It's it takes bounce. a bit. Mm. <laughs> Pony. Pony, 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 keep singing, pony, keep singing, pony. keep belt, belt, belt. And <laughs> singing. There we go. <laughs> Whew, I this was exhausted we just here. thinking about it. Yeah, I'm out of breath. And oh, that's God. the, uh, that's, that's the. <laughs> now, if there's another song uh, in the movie. Uh, you Girls in Town? Yeah. Which is, uh, has yeah. features yeah. one of the greatest mashed potato dancers of all time <laughs> ever committed to film, go and watch it. Yeah. It's it's oh. mesmerising. I'm going to have to watch it again. Also, yeah. uh, I actually yeah. really like that song. And yeah, when I saw great. the stage show, I felt like it was missing. Also, there are another couple songs. So It Takes Two is kind of featured in the background mm. of, the, uh, of the movie. Link's song where he spots Tracy is A Lady's Choice. Which is a new another one. Another yeah, one. I really like that song. So was the the music those two songs, whatever else might have been added into the film, was that from the same writers? Yeah, yeah. So uh, same team. Shaman and Whitman um, altered the song score. I would be curious to know whether those songs were originally written for the show and didn't make it into the cut for the stage show, and then came back and got How could redone. You not? Like, they're really good songs. Because they fit so yeah. well and they have a place in the storyline. Absolutely. I couldn't answer that. I couldn't find any specific I am looking notation. at you for an answer, Zane C. Weber. If anyone knows. That's it. Your segment is over. Okay, so we're going to talk about uh, the cast uh, of various billions of productions of Hairspray. I cannot tell you how many productions of Hairspray there are slash have been. How many productions of Hairspray are there slash have there been? So many, Julie. I told you I can't tell you. I haven't counted them. But this has been done in a lot of languages, in a lot of places, over and over and over. So let's just talk about a few of the key ones. Uh, The original Broadway, Broadway, Marissa Jarrett Winokur. I may have pronounced it incorrectly, but let's just move on. She was the original Tracy. She went on to do some TV stuff, but most importantly... Season six of Dancing with the Stars, semi-final. She did really well. Congratulations. What, what's, isn't she like a, wasn't she like a real dancer? Like a yeah. dance dancer? Are well, they not meant to be professional dancers she, on the well, show? I don't think she's a professional dancer. Professional dancer. I don't know. Uh, but interesting story. During the development stages of Hairspray, when they were putting it all together and she was already, you know, on the show, mm-hmm. she was unfortunately diagnosed with cervical cancer. She underwent treatment without telling anybody that she was sick because she was afeard of losing her place to somebody else in the show. Well, of course. Um, she luckily made a full recovery and remained in the show with no one having known until after the None fact. None the wiser. None the wiser. Very impressive. Uh, well... The stamina, I suspect. That, yeah, that... I don't it's, know if you, that was a smart decision. It's but. really not because you're not meant to do any exercise for two weeks after that operation. And as we were just saying, you can't stop the beat is not a... <laughs> you can't <laughs> stop it. More like you can't stop she, the cardio, am I right? She, no, yeah. she would have been a hot mess. Let's just put it that way. Uh, her Edna was the amazing, the wonderful Harvey Feinstein. Yeah. 
Yeah. He has done the show a lot of times. Yeah. He mm-hmm. is Edna. Uh, one of my favourite quotes was he places himself in a great line of Broadway divas in this role. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, this was uh, Laura Bell Bundy's Broadway debut. No she, way. she played Amber and then went on almost straight after to be the original Elle Woods. Um, and Link was played by Matthew Morrison, who since became most well-known as Will Schuster on Glee. Mm-hmm. He did a bunch of other things around that time, yeah, including yeah. Footloose, but, yeah, that's where most people would know him. Um, the original London cast starred Michael Ball as Edna, which I think mm. is an odd choice. It's odd. It's definitely mm. no Harvey. I no. haven't seen it, but I don't think I like it. <laughs> Well, I don't think too many people could go from what was he, Marius in Les Mis a million years it, ago. I kind of see to it. To an Edna. I see it akin to like David Hasselhoff playing Edna. <laughs> that would probably be more entertaining. Oh, for a very different reason. Michael Ball is, if nothing else, a pretty competent actor. Yeah, yeah. He definitely is. I'm, I'm sure he was great. It's just really. It's and again, really difficult to picture. It's, yeah, it's weird. And again, going from Harvey Firestein to literally anyone else yeah. is a huge change. Yeah. Because yeah, no is. one has Harvey Firestein's voice. Yeah, that's true. Um, also notable in that production, Link, was played by Ben James Ellis, who... His name you probably don't know because this was his first big show. But he came off losing out um, in... Um, an Andrew Lloyd Webber TV casting competition. So this is like that, oh, the Sound of Music that. thing that yeah, they did. Yeah. This was for Joseph. Like so they were they mm. picked up a bunch of absolute unknowns trying to cast the role of Joseph in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor. Right. Okay. I think he came third. He was in the final three. Pardon, excuse me. <coughs> so he missed out on that but then was immediately offered Link. So he went off and did that. So instead. he won. Yeah, I would win. rather mm, spend absolutely. a whole bunch of time doing hairspray then than Joseph. Joseph. <laughs> and the okay. So as everyone knows, in those TV shows, usually the people who come second and third end up doing better out of it. <laughs> it's true. Um, the Australian production, directed by David Atkins, who um, is probably most famous here for Hot Shoe Shuffle and the... Um, Olympic opening ceremony. <laughs> um, uh, co- and mean choreographed. That wasn't just all Nikki Webster? <laughs> no, that wasn't. It wasn't her brainchild. That was David Atkins. Um, uh, David Atkins is a dancer and choreographer himself, but he directed this, and the choreography was done by Jason Coleman from So You Think You Can Dance. Right. And also from So You Think You Can Dance, Australia's first favourite dancer, my friend and yours, Jack Chambers. Hey, Jack Chambers. Okay. Played Link. <laughs> um, Trevor Ashley played Edna in that, oh. which is probably as close as Australia would get to Harvey. Oh, that's gold. Oh, yeah, I was wondering where your was reaction was. I thought mm. if you're going to protest, I might have to send you out now. <laughs> no, that is like, yeah, that's just about as good really as you can good. get. And Tracy yeah. Turnblatt was played by Jazz Flowers, who went on to... Um, uh, also play Veronica in Heathers for the Australian tour. Oh, that's how I know that name. Mm. She's got an amazing voice. There's just so much behind it. It's very powerful. I don't know how long it will last, but it's very powerful. Um, yeah, so as far as um, 
Oh, hang on. I've got a couple more. Oh, God. Sorry. It goes on. There's so many productions. Oh I told you. I told you. The Hollywood Bowl uh, production concert slash thingy oh, no. had a few uh, extra names in it. The original Tracy and Edna from Broadway. So um, Marissa, famous for Dancing with the Stars, and Harvey. Uh, plus Drew Carey played Wilbur. Which could have been would have been quite sweet, I think. Yeah. I need to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Nick Jonas played Link and no, John no, no. Stamos no, as no, no, Cordy no. Collins. No, no, no. Yeah, he did. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think there's he's been a mistake for that role. <laughs> Nick I think Jonas. He's it's a pretty vacuous yeah. character. Yeah, isn't um, it, really? he can he can take that he as can... long as he doesn't touch in Lemmy's anymore. <laughs> um. Let's talk briefly about the film in 2007. Nikki Blonsky, Tracy, yes. she was a, a, a nobody pick. And sadly, she's she she's back to that. Oh. She works at a hairdressing salon now. Oh, that's bleak. That's, yeah, that is it bleak. really is. But it's oh. also like a good coinky dink right there. Well, <laughs> yeah. John Travolta took the role of Edna. Who was also working at it. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> He's a Michelle... pilot if I... <laughs> He's a pilot. Michelle Pfeiffer in the role of Vilma Miss Krabs Von Tassel. Love it. Amanda Bynes, Penny Pingleton. Mm. Her Before mother played crazy. by Alison Janey, which I think oh. was pure gold casting. Yeah. But that was the best casting in this whole movie. When is Alison Janey not good casting? I don't know what I meant. She's amazing. Uh, Queen Latifah as Motormouth Mabel. Yeah. Brittany Snow played Amber. Isn't she um, like 35? Well, she wasn't in 2007. Ten years ago. Fair enough, fair she was mid-20s. She's 25? Uh, yeah, it's true. Elijah yeah. Kelly played Seaweed. Christopher Walken played Wilbur. Oh, also so yeah. amazing. Oh, that, that was great. Oh, and, I find him um, so creepy, but he was brilliant. A beautiful James Marsden uh, playing Corny Collins. In 2016, NBC did a Hairspray Live, right? Mm. So Bring they, back my boy, Harvey. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, I will. Edna, played by Harvey. And Feistin. my other favourite little powerhouse of a singer. She's about three foot two. Blonde as the day is long. <laughs> In the role of Velma Von Tassel. <gasps> Kristen Chenoweth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maddie Balio played Tracy. Jennifer Hudson played Motormouth Ooh. Mabel. Martin Short as Wilbur, which... Would have been pretty good. Yeah, Ariana been, yeah. Grande, a grande, a grande, <laughs> grand. You're a hip as, and with it <laughs> as Penny Pingleton. I don't know about that. Um, and a couple of cameos from Sean Hayes and Rosie O'Donnell. Um, bit parts. I wonder what. Mm. Oh, school. Sean Hayes must be Mr. Pinky. Was that well yes, received? Was. Have you have you watched it? Is it any good? Um, I. I have to admit to you that I recorded it on my DVR and I've not yet watched it. I recorded it on my DVR about, what, a year a year ago, 2016. Yep. I'm coming to your place, we're going to watch it. We should watch it. We definitely should watch it. I'm sure it is very good. I just want to see Kristen Chenoweth yeah. do it, yeah, really. Absolutely. I want to see I Sean really Hayes' pit part. <laughs> I'm Mr. pretty Pinky. sure Mr. Pinky. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I want to see. I, yeah, I love him. Yeah, pretty sure. Okay, um, so as far as production values go, there's a lot of uh, interesting set design stuff based around the 60s elements. Um, uh, the Australian production featured enormous LED screens which moved around the stage and the characters interacted with the animated landscapes. I did not see that, but I really wanted to just for those screens and my friend in your Jack Chambers. Um, 
unfortunately I missed it, which I was sad about. So if anybody can give me and their opinion on the Australian production, I'd be keen to hear it. I also did not see it. No, I didn't see it either. I'm sorry. We are such bad theatre people. (laughs) (laughs) It's very expensive to see every single show in every capital city in Australia. And when there's such a good movie version of it, you know? You know what I mean? It's that's for me is where I'm like, all right, well that can go on the back burner. I'll go see something else because I've already got the. See something movie. else I don't have any exposure to. Yeah, exactly. To. Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. I will forgive you for that. Uh, let's talk about who we're going to put in the next Australian production or our dream cast. So normally at this point we would talk about Dreamcast. Yes. But you guys do something different on your podcast. Yes. So because our podcast is about the worst possible way to stage a, a musical, play on musical. Oh, my um, God, I go to what? The dirty word play. Uh, you have to – one of the things we do is come up with a nightmare cast. So the, the worst cast. cast you could possibly imagine. Johnny Depp is playing of, all the roles. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so okay. some, of the, some of the rules we have that are important are they have to be actual – actors like they can't you can't just be like oh i'm gonna cast like i don't know someone who's not an actor because that's cheating i'm gonna cast my boss yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and then ideally you also should it should be we try the purest nightmare cast is when they're all good actors just in the completely worst roles roles, right because it's easy to cast johnny depp in every role but if you can find good actors i think johnny depp (laughs) has a place in a nightmare cast as edna yeah, I think oh, that's a fair yeah. cop. I think that's a strong the, contender. The other thing we do is that we always cast Jeff Goldblum. Okay, so let's start there. Where's yeah. Jeff Goldblum? I had him as, put him as Wilbur. I had him as Corny Collins. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. He's one of the more attractive men in the world. I he can dance. What is better than hairspray? <sighs> Me. Oh, for a nightmare cast. Yeah. Yeah, good for point. For a nightmare cast, I'd put Jeff Goldblum as seaweed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whew, yeah, rough. I would, I would, I would put. Um, <laughs> okay, so before we get too far um, into <clears throat> nightmare cast, uh, putting people of the perhaps not quite correct race into the roles, let's take a little moment to talk about the intention of the writers. Yes. Okay. So, according to the licensing material from MTI, there are no race restrictions on any of the characters in the show, so you can do whatever you like. Really? Um, well, within reason. So, the I don't know how I feel about that? <laughs> no, to be quite okay, honest, no, no. Say they say blackface is not allowed. It's not allowed. So okay. It's very specifically but... says in the materials the use of makeup to portray black characters in your production is not permitted under the contract. Okay. If your production of Hairspray features actors who are portraying characters whose race may be other than their own, you may elect to put this letter from the writers in your program. And here's the letter. Dear audience members, when we, the creators of Hairspray, first started licensing the show to high schools and community theatres, we were asked by some about using makeup in order for non-African Americans excuse me, I forgot to breathe, to portray the black characters in the show. Although we comprehend that not every community around the globe has the perfectly balanced makeup, pardon the pun, of ethnicity. And can I just say, I didn't put pardon the pun in. That's in the letter that they suggest you put in the program. Um, <clears throat> since uh, not everyone around the globe has the perfectly balanced makeup of ethnicity to cast hairspray as written, we had to, of course, forbid any use of the colouring of anyone's face. 
because that's just terrible. Um, For it is still, at the end of the day, a form of blackface, which is a chapter in the story of race in America that our show is obviously against. Yet we also realise that to deny an actor the chance to play a role due to the colour of their skin would be its own form of racism, albeit a politically correct one. Now it starts to get awkward. And so... Now? (laughs) (laughs) And so if the production of Hairspray you are about to see tonight, because this is in the program, features folks whose skin colour doesn't match their characters, not unlike how Edna has been traditionally played by a man, we ask that you use the timeless theatrical concept of the suspension of disbelief and allow yourself to witness the story and not the racial background or gender of the actors. Our show is, after all, about not judging books by their cover. If the direction and the actors are good, and they had better be, you will still get the message loud and clear and hopefully have a great time receiving it. Thank you, Mark Scott, Mark, Tom and John. Okay, so I hate hairspray. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is the worst musical ever. What just happened? So there's, there's... A lot of conversation, particularly around school productions, about this being cast in all-white schools oh. or mm. or using an, a different ethnicity as just, the defining factor. Like, Just pick a different musical. Yeah, that's, if that you can't is most people's it, opinion. If you just, can't cast it, pick another show. Uh, but Unless... The only way I can see this being, like, acceptable, as if I've gone to a show and this is in the program and, like... Link, tra- like Tracy is Asian and Link is Dutch and like just total mix of races with no real, uh, no like selection for the African-American mm. characters of the cast. It's the only reason I can really imagine that I would forgive Mm. a show for doing that. Well, the, the the rest of that article also says that some, like, school productions use things like different coloured T-shirts, which sounds like gangs to me, <laughs> um, to define Woof. which side of the... Yeah. So, um, so <laughs> apparently the writers think it's perfectly fine to cast Jeff Goldblum as I as long as that. there are no. And the thing is that the thing that they do point out is they're talking about community and school productions in places where it is not possible to, to cast. So they're saying we still want the story to be told and we still want you to enjoy the show, but if you can't cast it accurately. We're okay with it. <laughs> that being said, I would totally watch an all-black version of this show. Hmm. I would absolutely watch one. And, like, I think that's... that's um, I, I don't know how that... Does it lose its story, in, though? I don't think it does. Anyway, we've gone into a political place in the middle of your casting, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but my point is that we can definitely cast uh, Jeff Goldblum as... Seaweed. seaweed. I think, but we really I th- shouldn't. I think, that, I think that we've totally switched Julie around. I think, I think if we put oh him as gosh. Corny Collins, he can be the one shining light. And there's something to be said for having lots of horrible cast members and then one good cast member, if you know what I mean. But yeah. still in a completely wrong role. Yeah. Maybe in, maybe instead of Jeff Goldblum, we put uh, Eddie Murphy as Seaweed. Yeah. I don't think he's right for that Just role. someone who's ridic- <laughs> like far too old for it. Mm. Well, f- far too old but also can't sing. <laughs> or, or also like total manic energy. Yeah, which is yeah. wrong. Um, my link, I had Michael Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, who, wait, wait, who? Help. Michael Sarah. Uh, have you ever watched Arrested Development? No. Uh, Superbad? 
No. For most recent Juno? Se- most recent season of Twin Peaks? No. Uh, I'm sorry, Sam. You Pilgrim versus know his face. He's just like the antithesis <gasps> of cool. Yeah. Cool and masculine. All right, okay. This Good. is the end. No. No. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> not how you want to see Michael's <laughs> Yeah. What about what about that guy? Now he can dance. Um, can we tell who he is first? Oh, vote Pedro shirt. Napoleon oh, Dynamite. Yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but who? Um, I'm sure the actor has a name. Someone, John, something. I've got no oh, idea. Can't I'll Google Not even a clue. He'd be pretty good. Well, <laughs> while you do that, for Edna, I had um, Christian Bale. Oh. Gerard Butler or Danny DeVito? Gerard Butler was mine. <laughs> For Edna? I, I yeah. want to see Christian Bale because I think that's horrible. Yeah. Really, truly bad idea. But Danny DeVito, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I feel like that could almost be good. But Christian Bale could also do a good Wilbur, as in a bad mm. Wilbur. Yeah. Because he, he is known for his patience and sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the only other one I had was Velma von Tussel. I had Miriam Margulies. Just because I... I, I love that woman so much and I just don't... I can't imagine a world in which I hate her. Do you know what I mean? I think it would be very difficult for me to despise <laughs> that character. But um, she could probably do a good job. She definitely looks she's, like a... Uh, she's a Miss Baltimore Crabs. What yeah. about Meryl Streep? Can't she do anything? <laughs> As, can't she be a terrible she Velma? She could play Wilbur. <laughs> Velma von Castle. Yeah. I think she would be great at it. Can she oh. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I, she would be great. I'm not. Did you have any other suggestions, Zane? Oh, Look. by the way, Napoleon Dynamite is John Heater. John Heater. There, there you go. go. Um, let's put Rebel Wilson, who we often put in things, in uh, the role of um, Tracy. No, no, no. Penny. No, Penny's mum. Amber. Penny's oh, mum. Pretty. Penny's mum. Pretty Pingleton. Yeah, okay. That yeah, would that'd be, be terrible. That would be pretty awful. That I would think just that be... would be terrifying. Yes. <laughs> Could you imagine her tying you to your bed? Saltines and tang. Well... <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I mean, I had a, a few Australian to make it a terrible cast. Uh, Barry Humphreys as Edna oh, I think would be terrible. It's a hard no. <laughs> Dame Edna. I would take it. Yeah, but also... Can't sing. Also, not I. I um. I don't want to say that he's terrible, but he's pretty terrible. Wow, um, that's been said. That's un-Australian. Fair enough. <laughs> I am willing to claim that and own it as oh, my own. Can we put in the in this Australian cast? Can um, Jamoan play Corny Collins? <gasps> yes, <laughs> Jamoan can. Uh, I'm furious. <laughs> I'm livid. <laughs> Uh, That's so horrific. Also, Magda Zabanski as the lead. Tracy. Tracy, yes, Tracy. Can I put in um, (laughs) Teddy Tahu Rhodes as Link? (laughs) 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 See how much fun it is tonight. (laughs) He's definitely a Motormouth Mabel. (laughs) (laughs) No, wouldn't that be Lisa McCune? All right, I think we move on to Dreamcast now. Are yeah. we actually going to talk about a real Dreamcast? Real Dreamcast. I think we're done, though. Nah, that's no fun. Let's leave it at, at fake Dreamcast. All right, I apologise to everyone. So let's talk top five lists. 
What's it on? Top five musicals about race relations. Oh, I, I had a, something similar. Yeah. Top five uh, civil rights musicals. How many civil rights musicals are there? Well, the other big one for me that would definitely be on the top five would be Ragtime. Mm. Set at a very different <laughs> civil rights movement, but still yeah, all yeah. about civil rights. I have, I have a really important one for, like, me personally. Yes. Top five musicals where a fat girl plays the lead. Yeah. The mm. lead. It's probably maybe the only musical where the big girl plays the lead. Top five female-led musicals. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but then we come out up... <laughs> then we again come up against are we classing Edna as a female role even though it's traditionally played by a man? It's not for a female to play. It's not. So it's a female character. But also most but of the not, other characters... She's not the female leading it okay. anyway. Mm. Tracy's leading it. Yes. Well, Harvey Feinstein won the lead actor in a yeah. musical. See, actor. It. Yeah, but we also have Motormouth Mabel, we have Penny, we have Amber, we it's have really Velma. Weird that he was considered a lead in yeah. that show. Edna is Enough in it a lot. Enough to be lead actor. Mm. Edna's in most yeah, scenes that well, yeah, Tracy which, is. which actor is the lead actor if it's... Other, apart from... It would have. It's not Link. He doesn't do it's enough. It's not Corny, and it's not Wilbur. Corny, it's not yeah. Wilbur. It's not Seaweed. Yeah, I guess, but because eh. both Seaweed <laughs> and Wilbur were nominated for featured. Bless. So and mm. Wilbur won. Wilbur won. Yeah. Wilbur won. Yeah. Anyway, uh, top fives. Top fives. Top fives. I've got top five. Top five. These I just rattle off a whole bunch of these top yeah, five uh, kitschy musicals. Kitschy. Top like. five feel good musicals. Ooh. Ooh, I think both of those lists are pretty populated. Mm. It's true. I'll let you have it. Thank you. I've got top five. Uh, oh, actually, no, that's not fair. I'll rub, rub that one out. I was going to say overdone, but I, that's not a call I'm willing to make. No. Because there are there's, others. There's been a lot of productions, f- like I said, lots of different countries, lots of languages, but. Oh. We're not. I, I think we're there yet. Um, I've got top five. Not here, anyway. Yeah, exactly. I've got top five normie musicals. It's a what? Normie is in like. Uh, this is a musical that non-musical people like. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Top five normie musicals. And definitely not Andrew Lloyd Webber. So yeah. Mm, well done. <laughs> I, I would say that's thanks to the film. Yes. Yeah. Here's a here's a very. Very bold, very bold suggestion that I don't right. think will be received well. We're bracing ourselves. Top five uh, final numbers. No, I'll put that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. You can't stop the beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finale, I like yeah. it. In terms of like, I just can't think of a better like explosive Broadway like but it's, it's thing, massive right? sing massive dance sums up the whole show mm. yeah and and as the final finale it's like 40 and minutes a lot long of, a lot of musicals have that number that particular big explosive number and then have something else yeah they have where like this a, one it, this is it's yeah. like it's all over yeah that's it Kurt and Bows, let's get out I think I think that's fair, yeah, fair a fair call yeah I I think top five uh, no, I'd have to post Fosse dance shows. Dance shows. Mm. Post Fosse. Yeah, that, that's you have str- to 
you have if, to if, if we exclude Fosse musicals. Well, and, well, the thing is, <laughs> modern musicals are less about Dancing. the choreography yeah. and certainly a lot less about telling the story through choreography, which was a big movement in the golden age of, yeah. of Broadway and then moving in through the Fosse era, like through the 60s. So um, then when you look at more modern shows, it's there are very few that are so dance-driven. Yeah. So I would put it in there. Now, I have another... I have a big call. <sighs> Top five anthem songs. Anthem songs. Which one? I know where I've been. Oh, right. Not even in the musical, though. Oh. It is in the musical, just not in the same in the same place, and it is not as big as it is That's in close the, to, in the to what I had. Yeah. I didn't have an anthem, though. I described it as a fighting ballad. Mm. Yeah. Oh, look, I don't know. I'm here for it. Oh, here three for against it. one. Well, <laughs> Are you ready to shout down mine? Because yep. no one will agree. It's more of a, a pondering than it is a top five. But anyway. Okay. All right, ponder. Top ponder five away. movies... So the Hesper movie where Jerry Stiller's role really suits him. <laughs> <laughs> Told him it was a pondering. Um. <laughs> Who's Jerry Stiller? He's Mr. Pinky in the movie. Oh right, of course. How mm-hmm. many others well, are on that list? Yes, yeah, so that's the problem. <laughs> So what you really just wanted to say was Jeez. gee, that really suited him. Yeah, I have another movie one. Yeah. Um, best. Movie to Broadway conversion. Nah, top five. You mean, you movie mean from to the, Broadway, the John Waters, the original movie, yeah, John so Waters movie, yeah, or biggest improvement, I should say, mm. from the original movie. Hairspray movie. You to... win a medal for most improved. <laughs> it is a big improvement. It is. It is a huge improvement. True. Like Ricky Lake did what she could, but it was low budget, low concept, <laughs> and. <laughs> And rushed through production and, yeah, it was a troubled movie. The musical fixes pretty much everything that was wrong with the movie. Okay, well, good then. I'll give it to you. I've got top five musicals whose soundtrack makes you want to get up and just have a big old dance. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. More so than many dance musicals. Mm. Yeah. Like this one makes you want to dance. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like you look at A a Chorus Line, the most famous dance musical. Or Cats. Or cats. <laughs> Neither of those really make you want to get up and nah. dance yourself. Maybe. Yeah. But this one definitely does. Mm. It's hard not to get physically caught up in the, the driving beat that you mm. definitely cannot stop. Can we um, stop with the top fives now? Yes. What have we learnt from Hairspray? That black people are cooler than white people almost all of the time. And they can dance better than us. Saying, um, that's kind of racist. White people suck. Just putting it out there. <laughs> In the show, they, a few of them uh, show their true colours, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't <laughs> judge a book by its cover. That's a good one. Yeah. i got a pretty big one. Uh, so in the movie version... Without Love takes place, uh, Link 
goes into Tracy's bedroom and takes a photo of her and is like rolling around on the bed. Yeah. Um, and I remember as a young man, maybe I would have been like 11 or 12 watching that and thinking, hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah. I, I sure hope this doesn't awaken anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, gosh, I wish I was those sheets right now. No, <laughs> not quite those specific. It was more just like I have a lot of really intense feelings about what's currently occurring, but I don't know what they mean yet. Uh, so in, in, a, in a funny That's way, right. it taught me that Teaching I am, lessons. taught me that I am a, I'm a very, very gay man. Well, congratulations. <laughs> On learning from this show. This show, yeah. And, and that's um, Go and watch it. It is torrid. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is one of it's, cinema's sexiest scenes. I think, I think you might have been a little, I'm sorry, a little just... too young when you saw it because um, it's, not, it's not that bad. But can we also take a moment just to go back to your answer to our question in the Getting to Know You quiz about your shower song? Which one was that again? Um, I believe it was Without Love. Oh, no connection. Oh. No, no connection. I, I, I don't think there's any meaningful reason for us to... No yeah. one needs to be soapy and singing that song. It's Not fine. All, it's, it's, <laughs> what else um, have we learned? I learned that John Travolta makes a more interesting obese woman than he does a man. <laughs> he's definitely prettier. Shred him again. Um, that is... He's, no. Presumably prettier than Harvey Fine. No, I think Harvey makes a prettier, more gentle woman. Uh, like, John Travolta's got a big face thing going on that I'm not What loving. is his accent in that movie as well? It's, it changes. Uh, I believe it's John Travolta being a woman accent. But it's just... No, Baltimore? It's, like, is it's that a, a very accent? specific Baltimore accent that doesn't actually exist anymore. It ha- uh, Kathy Bates did it in a season of American yes, Horror Story. She 100% did and in they, Freak Show. Yeah, and so they did a like a documentary on where her accent comes from. It doesn't actually exist anymore. It existed in like the 20s and 30s. Amazing. And it's gone away now. There's remnants, but yeah, it's and it's whoever whenever they do it, Kathy Bates couldn't do it. John Travolta shouldn't have tried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also learned um, the blacker the berry, the sweeter the taste. Yeah, legit. That's that's pretty. And it blew my mind because I learned this? that this week. No, I'm not thinking the explicit version. I'm thinking the like the literal. Yes, that is actually true. The blacker the berry, usually the sweeter the taste. Yeah, think strawberry versus riper. blackberry. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also the darker the blackberry, the sweeter. Oh, because it's yeah, just riper. Yeah. Yeah. It's about to start fermenting. Yeah. <laughs> That's the ripest it can get. <laughs> I like a ripe berry. <laughs> so there seem to be a lot of oddly sexual lessons in Hairspray. It's an oddly sexual um, show. It is quite a sexual show. It is a bit, isn't it? Well, it's it? about Violet. teenagers. All about Miss Baltimore crabs. Yeah. Um, I guess a serious one is the, uh, the power of privilege, like I touched on before. Mm. Like this musical literally demonstrates how... Use your how, voice for good. Yeah, how white people can help the civil rights movement. Mm. By just not being jerks. Well, basically. by supporting people making their own choices rather than fixing things for them. So, yeah, and using your voice for, uh, for a good reason. Mm. Um, I learned that uh, dancing is the answer. Yep, solves everything. Solves all of the problems. Oh, I learned that you can't stop the beat. 
I did once though. Oh, no. God, the consequences are drastic. Really? Guys. Is it as bad as <laughs> living with day. them to this day? <laughs> to this day. It is, yeah. is it as bad as when you stop the music? You can't. You different? also can't stop the music. Oh my gosh! Nobody can stop the music. I'm having some sort of. She's having of, an aneurysm. Oh my god! <laughs> this is, the universe has suddenly been explained to me. You can't <laughs> stop the music. And you can't stop the beat. You can't stop any of it. It's all unstoppable. What are we going to do? Something I learned. um, (laughs) This is part of a discovery for me. um, Not sexual in nature. But one of the things that really appeals to me in any narrative is the relationship of parents or parents to their children. Mm, The relationship of Edna and Wilbur in this show is just like uh, I learned how much... I enjoy old people loving each other. It's yeah. ultimate relationship goals, isn't it? Mm. <sighs> Just, oh, fuck my life. To still be in love. That's the dream. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, really in love. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, cool. I think we've covered everything. Mm. Dance. Don't be racist. Love each other. Done. All right. Let's wrap this baby up. Hell, thank you for coming in. My pleasure. Thanks, Sharing Kel. hairspray Thanks, with Kel. us. Oh, it was my pleasure. It was lots of fun. And what a musical. What a musical <laughs> it is. It is a musical. It, it is, is exactly one musical. It's okay. not a play. It's not a play. No. Uh, so if people enjoy plays uh, as well as musicals <laughs> and maybe they'd like to check out your podcast, how would they do that? If you want to hear more of my dulcet tones, the podcast is called Exit Pursued by a Bear. Uh, You can find it on all of the usual podcast places. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at... Wait a minute. (laughs) At Exit underscore podcast. We're on Facebook and... That's it. That's those are the media streams that you need to follow. Um, We're going to link them in the notes, so yeah, you don't have to worry about whether you actually got that right just now. Check the notes. Don't listen to me. I don't know don't what I'm talking about. Um, uh, and yeah, that, so listen to that, please. Uh, it's very good. I swear. It is. Very, it's very funny. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm I've very been funny on it from the very start. Um, and you can hear a, a lot of chat about. Uh, the worst possible way mm, to put on shows, which yeah. I think could be very creative. Yeah, we get and quite funny. We get I just want to say, like, Kel has a tendency to sometimes lean on, uh, like, sets made entirely out of meat, <laughs> uncooked meat. I have done that more than once. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? Um, I staged ha- Hamlet in the first episode. The whole made um, out of ham. Yeah, I wanted to put the ham back in Hamlet, so I made yeah. the whole set made out of like. Ham. Cold ham, yeah. yeah. A little bit of Slices Devin. of ham, Just cold yeah. Meat. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then so all of the all of the actors were like, like German expressionist clowns. I think. Yes. <laughs> it was an experience. When Zane just said, "Lean on sets made out of meat," I was like, "Why is he in shows where sets are made out of meat? <laughs> Look, and why can't he just stand up, Julie? Julie? Julie?" <laughs> If someone wants to, if someone wants to bankroll my meat Hamlet, please. Ah, uh, done. Get in contact. I, have no money. I mean, the meat budget alone would be astronomical. Probably, co- yeah. it'd probably be more expensive to make a set out of meat than just to just make a set. Um, Surely you would just make it out of like 
wood or something and perhaps just an outer layer like of cold I meat. Just, I just feel like you're diluting my vision. <laughs> you know? I feel like it's got to be I ham know. all the way down. Otherwise, also, it point? was the smell was oh. part of the yeah, experience. So depending on when you come in the season, you get a different experience because the meat is at different levels of rotten. <laughs> okay, so if you want to hear more about ham <laughs> um, and just a, just rotting theatre. Yeah, a forewarning, it is slightly more profane than this podcast is. I've had to hold my tongue So what rating times. are we, Zane? Are we, are we PG? Yeah, well, iTunes gives us explicit or not explicit. We're oh. not explicit. And, and Kel is... is very firmly explicit. <laughs> so I swear like right. a sailor. Okay, so that one's not for the uh, children. children. Not for the children. Not for the under 18s. To be fair, not many children appreciate the finer nuances of the staging of Hamlet. Yes. But, you know... Which is a, I don't know. You could be wrong there. I could be wrong. I think could my favourite cast of Hamlet would be played entirely by six-year-olds. Oof. Can't make Hamlet any worse, that's I for don't, sure. I don't think wow. I can watch that. I think we need to stop talking about Hamlet. <laughs> I've because, made you talk about plays. <laughs> well, you are welcome back anytime, Kel. Thank you. If you want to talk about Hamlet the musical... Uh, then, you know, yeah. that's it. That's all we want from you. <laughs> um, if you think of something else, though, feel free sure. to come on back anytime. Thank you it's so much for having me. It's been our pleasure to have you. My name is Miranda Selwood, my co-hosts. Zancy Weber. Julie Eisentrager. And this was Kel Anderson. Thanks, Kel. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye everyone. People say having an opinion is like having a penis. It's really great for you, but you shouldn't share it around. That's exactly what we don't do. We share it all about the internet. And in fact, we advertise it on other people's podcasts so that they can go and enjoy it as well. Am I talking about penises or am I talking about opinions on film? To find out, you'll have to go to our website, secondtakepodcast.com or find Second Take Podcast on your podcatcher of choice. That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.